Chug-a-lug, chug-a-lug Make you want to holler Howdy-ho From your friends at Tivoli Brewing Company and the Department of Communication, Arts, and Sciences at MSU Denver, this is Unfiltered. And here are your hosts, Jay Schrader and Dr. Samuel J. Man, him, man, this other fool decide that we'll drink up what's left. We got a Coke Zero. What are you drinking? Lily Hammer. All right, gentlemen, can you introduce yourself? I don't care. Who starts? Uh, my name is Jason. Okay. One of the owners of Logovar. What's your last name, Jason? Reinhardt. Jason Reinhardt. And my name is Andy Nelson. Andy Nelson. So you two started this thing together. When? Correct. 2013 is when it all came together, right? It's when Plans. we started. Yeah. Opened in November 14th of 2014. So who was brewing first? Were you brewing together somewhere, like in a garage or a basement or a shed? We brewed separately, simultaneously. Okay. All right. And then, um, I was together. I was looking for a man friend, as the story goes. Oh yeah, it happens. Yep. And uh, Andy was hosting a, a, a brew club thing, and popped over there and uh, had a life changing beer. What was the beer? Black Pearl. Not called Black Pearl at the time, but barrel aged porter. Okay. What did you age it in? Well, when I was a home brewer, I aged it on. You know, uh, oak spirals soaked in uh-huh. bourbon, uh-huh. and then a little bourbon as well. So, what kind of bourbon? It was Maker's Mark at the time. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, how long had you been brewing just for fun before you guys met each other? Um, well, let's say that uh, I don't even remember the date when we met at the homebrew club, but at the time, Jason had been doing it probably about seventeen years, and I was a couple years behind him, okay. so maybe fourteen years of homebrewing. Okay. Seventeen years. So, you guys are—I mean, like literally just making beer in your garage, giving it to buddies experimenting give them a lot of beer i was gonna say <laughs> why does it take so uh, well, i guess is it is it you two meeting that makes this thing happen or were both of you kind of thinking individually about starting a brewery well you met? it's an interesting story yeah well i mean we might have had i mean everybody probably has fantasies about doing it and that was when we we're really on the rise in this this second uh, push okay. of uh you know microbreweries around the nation you know there's a bunch in the 90s a a boom that wiped out and then on around 2009 or 10 or whenever we met uh they're starting to get popular and there was a lot of good beer again and so by meeting we got together we liked each other's style he made great stylistic beers he's a real good german brewer and uh real adherence to style and cleanliness (laughs) you have to oh yeah that's a that's a solid point yeah and i made weird stuff like Green chili pale ale. Okay. You know, like the that black pearl, the bourbon barrel, uh, was actually called Pullman Porter in the day. Uh, and so we just we clicked and we brewed. And then once we were together, then we started talking more earnestly about, hey, wouldn't it be cool? Okay. If we had a brewery. Okay. And, and that's... then then there's a a better story. All right. Well, can we you tell the story? It. Well, I'll let Jason do it. All right. Let's hear it. You know, I I, I think. Uh, <clears throat> A lot of people, you know, they, they taste your beer and they say, you know, why aren't you doing this? And you're like, ah, you know, it's a hobby. It's fun. Yeah. And that kind of reached a point in my career where I was done. Um, you know, what were you doing before? So I was doing environmental chemistry. Okay. And it's just a sweatshop. You know, yeah. it's just numbers. It's you're not doing anything exciting. No reward at the end of the day. And uh, I actually had this PhD over at my house from... Uh, like England or Ireland, one of those 
one of those countries. One of those places. Yeah, one there. of those places. And uh, he's, he's drinking the ESB and he's like looking around in my basement at all the, the brewing stuff. And he's just like, why aren't you doing this? Yeah. I kind of took that to heart, but I was also on my downward spiral. Okay. Okay. And, um, you know, a year later, I'm like, yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm done. I can't, I can't do what I'm doing anymore. And I texted or called Andy and I said, hey, man, uh, I really want to do this brewery idea. I'm going to do it with or without. Okay. That was it. Like, well, that was it. Okay. But, but before that, he had quit one lab, got headhunted by another lab, went over there thinking that grass is greener, and then 90 days later, he's like, ah, it's over. I'm starting a brewery. So. It's a different pile of crap, but it smells the same. <laughs> All right. So I'm starting a brewery if you want to do it, or I'm going to do it by myself. So I see uh, two wedding rings there. So what kind of conversation is this for you as a, as a guy with like a real job? to tell his significant other he wants to start a brewery well so i have a very understanding wife okay um to say the least okay but she's the kind of person who um knows me and um and andy knows whatever it takes to get it done i'll you know i'll yeah. do it so yeah. it's so she yeah scary she of course the, right right I mean, trade everything in for a dream yeah maybe a pipe dream um but she she had confidence that if it meant you know ninety hour weeks, then it'd be ninety hour weeks to make it work. So this beer is amazing, by the way. This is delicious, and I'm not a huge fan of hazy. One that this I didn't is do. solid. Or Andy, did you do this? No. Oh, no. yeah. Okay. Um, well, let me ask him. Were you espoused then? Were you married? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so oh, you were. God, yeah, I've been married since forever. But um, and my wife was uh, on board with the program initially. And uh, <laughs> initially, <laughs> well, now she has to work. Yeah, and that well, now she. And then we put her to work. So okay. her deal is she has to handle all the. She's our HR lady ah, and the back okay. office stuff. So. Okay. How many employees do you have here? I think 20. Yeah, 20, 21. Somewhere, big operation. Somewhere in there. How many brewers uh, other than you two are you are you staffed? We have one full time. Okay. Not really a head brewer, but he's like our lead brewer. So yeah. he does probably 80% of the brews. Okay. And then we have a fill in. Okay. All who, right. Like, you know, we get in a pinch. It's a weekend. Call them up if you can do it. If not, then then we'll do it. Okay, so. gotcha. How many barrels are you making uh, annually? Just eleven hundred. Eleven hundred. Okay. Yeah. Probably yeah. going to beat that this year. That's one of my. It's been an increase every year. Okay. Year every year. All right. And you like that? You like the kind of increase? Does that mean we're going to be seeing you in Wyoming? Catch twenty two. Okay. Yeah. I mean, th- what are the problems of that? Like, I mean, how does that? I guess what kind of conversations even go into deciding whether to get a few more tanks or not? Like you two are obviously on the front end of this thing. Is it is it business conversation? Is it shit we got to just devote so much time away from our families conversation? Or what what do you guys cover in your well? I mean, it's talks? all of that. The, the 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 single biggest is getting you know getting that beer out of here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So it doesn't do to doesn't do any good to brew a bunch of beer if you're not either moving it out of the tap room or or packaging it. And we've ramped up our packaging a little bit and that's where we see a little bit more of the growth that's going to allow us to okay. get up over that barrelage but even so there's there's going to be a ceiling to that yeah right? absolutely where so, can we get your beer uh in a package not just a keg around town? well a lot of places around town um tipsy's has been a mm. big support of ours since the very beginning you know molly's total and a lot of indie liquor stores as well okay. plus you know, bars and restaurants around town right. as well. So, are you you're self distributing? I would assume. Yep. Okay. So, who's who's the one driving the cases of beer around? 
You got a salesperson, or is it one of you two? We got a sales guy. He's okay. full time, and okay. we have a couple of uh, delivery guys that help him get the beer out there, and then also do other tasks for us, uh, seller that type. Of okay. Work, so, what about uh, bars? Where, where where can we find the kegged beer? Man, it's so hard to keep up. Really, uh, there's a few places that. Um, Really support us, and we're there since day one. We never leave. Uh, Inglewood Grand, for example, on Broadway. Moe's Barbecue Mm -hmm. uh, down on the uh, west side. Mm -hmm. Pint Room. Pint Pint Room. room. We've been there forever, and uh, they really support us. Then there's a good handful, and, you know, it's just the the market. There's three, four hundred breweries in Colorado. We're a rotator. We're in. We're out. Three months later, we're back again. Those are harder to keep up with, Mm -hmm. you know, so... um, the uh, you know like the Inglewood Grands, those are kind of the, the places that we really bend over backwards yeah. for. They run out of beer on Friday. Yeah, call us up. I go deliver it. That's awesome. Because you know, well, I mean they're down the street and there's a loyalty aspect mm-hmm. to it. You know, mm-hmm. so um, we we totally appreciate that. What about okay? So aside from the bar, what made you go with this location? Just out of uh, curiosity. So it's, it's, well, when we, I mean, if you've ever looked for commercial real estate it's not super fun yeah it seems so like a, it, it usually goes something like where we're looking at 20 different properties we know that we you know we have certain aspects that we have to meet like space wise yeah location is you know the, everybody says location 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 but really you're looking at what's available mm-hmm. so we were looking all over town um and but mostly on this side because we both live on. This yeah, it had area. to be okay. Okay. To keep it fair, it had to be. Hopefully, it had to be something that was equidistant between our own houses, so yeah. no one had to suffer as much. Yeah. But once we were out, we were looking around actively. The landlord who owns this strip mall had heard that we were looking, mm-hmm. and he sent his realtor out to get us and bring us back. Okay. Okay. And he was a motivated guy, and and the location was actually perfect, almost halfway between our houses, and at the time. The zoning didn't allow for, or just prior to that time, the zoning didn't allow for a brewery in this commercial residential type right. of zoning. Okay. So we were the first ones in nice. under that type of zoning. Plus, this southwest corner also was a, a complete desert. There's yeah. some, there's more breweries out here now, but when we started, we uh, we were the only thing going in these three pretty big neighborhoods. Grant Ranch, Columbine, all that. So did you see people responding immediately to having a, a brewery? Down uh, here when, during the build out, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't. So a lot of places in their build out, they'll paper the the windows out so you can't see what's going on. Yeah, you know, we didn't do that. Um, but people would come up, they'd be looking in. You know, hey. we'd be out there making our <laughs> making the picnic tables. When are you guys going to open? You know, it's been like months. You're like, yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny though because we so many breweries that are now open. We looked at those exact same spots. Yeah, Green there was Mountain, a lot of backfilling. Green Mountain, Half Penny. Um, dead hippie, okay, body okay. draw right down there. We looked at all the, and, and more, but it's kind of funny. We looked at those and decided there this piece or that piece wasn't in our vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Worked for someone else, and that's that's fantastic for them. I just I find it interesting though that you know we found this spot in this area because the landlord was looking for, and this wasn't on our radar. Yeah, yeah. And then it, We'd be looking at. I think we went to Green Mountain, and then uh, Forest, our realtor guy, was like, "Hey, you know, it's not on our, it's not on our list, but we should go look at this one." And we're like, "Okay." 
you know, and uh, I think we just kind of liked it. You know, it had this patio I aspect that we have. For sure. It has, you know, big, big front windows. Got daycare and right there. <laughs> and park <laughs> driving school. <laughs> right. We got people cradled to the school grave of, here. School <laughs> of rock. So you drive your kid <laughs> off. Yeah. Um, daycare. And, and big parking lot. Yeah, it's huge. Parking was huge for us because, well, I, I just don't go downtown. Yeah, okay. Jason is Jason is anti parking guy. And yeah, no, it, 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 it ruins parking. everything. Like it literally will ruin everything if you can't find a fucking place to park. It's terrible <laughs> totally. for sure. So okay, so um, you get this thing, you get it up and running, and then are you getting neighborhood people that are just kind of walking in? They're, they're like, what? Explain Golf to me the carts, the whatever. customer. Okay, so we are. On is this Littleton Boulevard or Mineral? It what turns it? into Bulls, yeah. Bulls, yeah. Bulls sorry, Bulls and Minerals down there. Okay, and basically South Black Canyon. Yeah, so if you turn west on Bulls, Littleton Boulevard, and then what's the street? This is South Black Canyon. South Black Canyon. If you go yeah. west out of here, you're on Bulls. Takes you down past Columbine High School. It's you have to drive past another brewery that doesn't make as good of a beer. But we'll leave it at that. You guys don't have to comment. Okay, I will just leave it at that. Okay, uh, that's my that's my perception. By the way, okay, I've had, I've had too many bad meetings there. Um, uh, so, what I guess in terms of food, like I know that there's food there. Do you guys uh, bring in food trucks? Do you let them like people bring in food here? How's that work? So right uh, right from the beginning, like I said, the landlord was driving a lot of this. He, okay owns a couple of complexes like this around the country. He considers himself uh, to be kind of a incubator of okay. business. Okay. And we had at the time, Jason and I were meeting all over the place and checking out other people's breweries and yeah. figuring out how we wanted to do stuff. And one of those times I was up at Avery okay. and uh, they don't have a restaurant of their own. They're not a, a brew pub, they're a manufacturer, but mm -hmm. they had this relationship with a caterer. Okay. You're sitting there at the bar and you want to order some chicken wings. You order chicken wings and they show up. That's nice. Not made that by was Avery. before the new Bavery, though. Okay. That was, that was the old Avery. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, so I thought, wow, isn't that cool? So we started looking into relationships like that. And mm -hmm. with the help of our landlord, put us in touch with the guys who were next door, which was a catering company. Mm -hmm. So we had a deal whereby the catering company provided table service to our people. That's awesome. And we didn't have to run a kitchen. And right. You know, right. There's a lot of things about running kitchens that, I mean, all of us have worked in kitchens, I assume. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, plenty. Plenty of years. But right. Any so anyway, so that and, and we've carried that on. Then that. Do I look like um, a guy that's like worn out by back of house shit? Just I mean, like exhausted. Just, just like you're like, I'm, I'm spitting I'm, a burger, but I'm going to take I'm one, you know, temperature reading on my refrigerators <laughs> away from exactly. freaking out. Right. So but the. Then that, that caterer, he, he, they blew up their business like crazy doing offsite catering and okay. uh, they had to move on and get a, a bigger place. And after that was established, then our landlord basically incentivizes whoever moves in there to okay. continue the same relationship. Ah. So we always, to this day, we have, um, we're transitioning from Robert's Italian Deli. Yesterday was our last day. And we're going back into Brad's Pit Barbecue. How big of a business for them is this place? I mean, is it substantial? Yeah. I mean, I don't go through their file. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but, but I mean, uh, do you see a lot of food coming in? From oh, yeah. There? No, yeah. It's, it, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it works out pretty Probably well for them. Low hanging it works fruit. out for us. Yeah, for sure. That makes total sense. It's a great symbiosis. What's been the biggest challenge thus far as business owners, not necessarily just brewers, um, of running a place like this? Employees? Really? I mean... Yeah, in, a, in a good sense and in a bad sense, right? Yeah. So now you have uh, 19 different people that you have to deal with personalities. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've all been there. We're, we're all big boys here at this table. Mm -hmm. and we all have beers. Well, almost all of us. 
What, why, uh, Andy, why aren't you drinking? Let's cover that real quick. Uh, well, I still have my uh, day job, so. Which is what? Uh, I, I fly for a, a place called Spirit Airlines. Look at that. That is, that's that's by far the most interesting backstory of anybody that we've interviewed. <laughs> well, we've thanks. done a few, so um, congrats. Well, thanks. You got a, you got a flight to Vegas tonight. I right? am heading out to this evening, so I am on the uh, Coke Zero trip here yeah the the soda not cocaine that's, that's just coke yeah right zero. the soda okay. yeah the, the other, soda the other coke <laughs> yeah there you go okay so please and it's well just, you know so now you're and we've all done it you've all have to work with a bunch of different personalities but now you're you know you really have to make sure that you're orchestrating the crew to work with each other in addition right to not you know backhand someone and even that i mean we've had a, a actually a pretty easy time of it i think because we've had we have this really loyal core group of people that we hired even before we opened mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. i think of the we had a group interview one day and we hired eight people and like six of them are still here so we've had our, our turnover is next to nothing which is really right. nice too yeah so. that's that's not to you know say that we've got a bad crew i mean for right. the most part even the people that we do hire they're still been here for years no it's, it's i get it but it is a challenge over production I yeah mean, you're wearing I, a I lot can of figure hats. out fermentation and all that stuff but figuring out when you know, yeah. Writing know, the why, why someone, you know, yeah, just like, it's like, ah. so how do you get your, that third brewer, you know, the one that that's doing a lot of the, of the other stuff. How do you find a good brewer? Like, and, and I mean, I don't mean this, you know, as a kind of this, well, we train both question, of ours. Yeah. So, uh, um, okay. Kyle, Kyle, the lead brewer, he, he started in the tap room cause there wasn't enough brewing for Andy and I and another person. Okay. And uh, once Andy resumed full time at at the airplane, you know, flying airplanes again, there still was like we were brewing once or twice a week. Okay. So it wasn't like challenging for one person to do it. Mm -hmm. But at one point, our, our guy, Kyle, who was also a bike mechanic, he was like, you know, I'm just not good in the front of the house. I want to be at the back. And he didn't care that it was one day a week. He didn't, I mean, he just didn't care. So yeah. slowly as we grew, yeah, um, trained him more. We found out, man, this guy really cares. He really wants to do this and gave him more responsibilities and over time. The other guy is my son-in-law, so that kind of helps. That's nice. You know. yeah, he's not going to say shit. Put the finger on him. <laughs> yeah. And he's a, he's a full-time fireman, so nice. trying to give him full-time hours wasn't ever a consideration. Okay. But we, you know, trained him up. Yeah. And he just, he just gets less hours. Okay. That's, all. that's yeah. awesome. What's your wife say about this? Is she just loving managing people? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she loves it but uh fortunately jason handles most of all the scheduling mm -hmm. so it's, it's pretty uh, pretty easy on her in that regard although she does kind of pretty much oversee the front of house managers yeah yeah and um but i don't know it's more it's not it's not like uh it's, it's not very dramatic but now that we've been together for so long it's more like when you go home for thanksgiving i mean like we all know each other and are getting to know each other really well so yeah. at this point when all of our mds have been here the the entire five years uh, mostly uh then it's more like like i said going home for thanksgiving every is. day yeah 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 it's it's kind of a family here and that's good and bad you know it happens uh let's talk about the beer for a sec what am i drinking uh segment 23 what do i have in there what are my hops so that'd be uh mosaic and simcoe and what are you when you when you brew this? I know you guys didn't, but what's what are you looking for in terms of uh, taste? Um, 
you know, what, what's, what are you trying to get from this that maybe stands out from a different brewery? Uh, not necessarily making it a better beer, but just tastes different. Like, well, what do you, we always want to be better, but yeah. <laughs> so Andy and I were actually in uh, Alaska okay. fishing. He dragged me out of the brewery and uh, said, you got to go, got to go. So, um, Andy and I are in Alaska, just, you know, hanging out, fishing, grinding it out, as we like to say. And Kyle sends us a text that he wants to brew this beer that you're drinking okay. right now. Okay. And, you know, we kind of laughed and whatever and yeah. said, sure, knock yourself out. Yeah. So what his vision was, I don't know, but it is a great hazy IPA. Yeah. And it's, you know. It is. It's a great hazy IPA. Let's go that way. As you're planning for the future and styles, is the hazy something that you think is? Is it a trend? Is this something that we're going to see around a lot more? I mean, what do you think? Like, one of you guys answer. I want to know. Andy's going to answer because, but it, you have to make it. It's but all, I mean, yeah, look, yeah. it's all I want to drink it's, anymore. Really, it's not. A, it's yeah. not a trend. Yeah, it's, it's not a trend. It was uh, early on. Man, that got. Like two and a half years ago, I don't know, three years ago, people got beat up like crazy. You know, yeah. this is lazy, hazy, right? Mm -hmm. Lazy brewing, leaving these beers hanging yep. all dirty yep. oh, yeah. and stuff like that. But I, it was then a fad that was just going to last for a few months, but uh -huh. it didn't go away. And the reason it didn't go away is because hops have a lot more to give than just yeah. melt your face off bitterness, right? Yeah. So at that time, it was kind of like an arms race to see who could jam the most theoretical IBUs into a West Coast IPA, yeah. right? And that's what was happening at the time. And people were starting to get turned off on that. Mm -hmm. When we have new new drinkers in here and we're introducing them to new beers, they say, oh, I don't, I don't like IPAs. Well, they didn't like IPAs because it was, you know, they were acidic. Super bitter, yep, yep, yep. I mean, I like West Coast IPAs, don't get me wrong. But the hazy thing came out, you de-emphasize the bittering hops and you emphasize all these different hop flavors mm -hmm. because they're all whirlpool or later editions right so mm -hmm. it smells good it tastes good yep. and you get to taste all these different hops so it's totally not a, a fad yeah. and i would imagine that it will supplant the west coasts um so it's definitely not going away and like i said i'm really digging them yeah no they're well delicious. hey why, why don't you tell everyone what what the first hazy the name of the first hazy so was. when we this <laughs> I, I don't even know what the year that was i was maybe three years ago we did a collaboration brewer with our good friend uh matt hughes who owned gold spot brewing at the okay, time okay and so we were we we're brewing for collab fest nice and we're like well what are we gonna do and uh i want to i want to make one of those hazies mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. we did and uh we featured predominantly lemon drop hops in that one because okay. citrus lemon drop and galaxy we did yeah we, some galaxy, used, the, right? we used the good stuff yeah. the expensive stuff yeah. and uh so we called it bandwagon that was the first name. That's Because even then. Yeah, because you, yeah, no, no, you're, yeah, I get it. I get and that it. was like, and even then, that was like, I don't know, feels like. Feels so feels dirty. Like 5%. Feels so dirty. Of, uh, you know, of, of people were, were making these things. But even then, that was back in the, all the crazy fad talk. Oh, you lazy, dirty, dirty mm -hmm. brewers. But, uh, so we just made one thinking we were late to the party. And then three years later, I mean, that was about the same time, you know, Wellworks and those guys were. He had juicy bits, and he was taking. Yeah, he was getting the, the heck beat out of him, you know, for all mm -hmm. those same reasons. Mm -hmm. And uh, now, three years later, looking back, like, uh, yeah, of course that was the right thing to do. So. Yeah, no, it's it's delicious. What's it like owning a brewery in Colorado? I mean, I've been to Seattle, talked to the guys up there at Fremont and Rubens. I want to know what it's like here. Like an honest assessment: is it hard? Is it 
does the competition keep you on your feet? Is it worrisome? You know, is it is it is the market saturated? All that bullshit that we hear, or is it just this is you make good beer and you're okay? You know, that, that that's a great question. I we we get tied down into the brewery, so visiting other breweries, you know, I, I'd call it a luxury. Mm-hmm. And of course, we biasedly would say that yeah i mean we're comparing our beer against someone else's like mm-hmm. oh their hazy is pretty good but not as good as segment 23 you know yeah. and so yeah. maybe our maybe our tastes get you know tuned in to the flavors of our brew house right mm-hmm. and the fauna floating around in the air but um we do look at other breweries and see what they're doing and evaluate like oh it's just kind of like uh eh, you know it's one of those beers it's if for me personally, as Andy said before, you know, I do a lot of traditional stuff. Okay. If I don't want to drink two or three of them, you know, it's just uh, it's just kind of like uh, what would you call it? Just a, I don't know, novelty beer. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like for instance, when when we do the Heisenberg Green Chili, it is a beer you can drink two or three of them of. Mm-hmm. Not not everybody because they have different palates, but. That makes it a good beer. Okay. For me personally. Okay. And so yeah. I, and I travel a lot. So what I notice is I always think of what we're doing in the Colorado scene mm-hmm. as I'm somewhere else. Like I'm going to go end up in Atlanta tomorrow night. Yeah. There's a couple of places I can get to close to <laughs> where I stay. No, yeah, for sure. And, uh, and I, and I know what's going to happen. I'll be disappointed because I'll go in and there won't be a, a damn hazy. IPA. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think to myself, you know what? That'd be fun if we if money was no object. It'd be fun just to open up Locavore East here and bring this menu, and yeah. would would just kill it in a different market, you yeah. know. But in Colorado here, everybody's a good brewer. I mean, we've crazy. It was a, a run up where there was a new three or four new breweries a quarter mm-hmm. for like the last four or five years, and now um, we're seeing started last year started seeing closures. Mm-hmm. So we are, uh, I think, in my opinion, getting to more than net zero, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to have a brewery, a brewery close for a brewery that opens. Yeah, yeah. And which means our, our market seems to be maturing a lot. And uh, you're definitely going to have to you can't, continue to make good beer. Yeah, you can't get away with the uh, with some, like, beer that isn't really ready, mm-hmm. right? Because there's, there's too many other good breweries around. So... Back five years ago, you could open up and the beer might not have been fantastic, less than fantastic. Mm-hmm. And people would say, oh, just give them a few months. Let them I don't think that works anymore. No. Yeah, not you anymore. No. I mean, and, and Jason and I kind of even knew that when we opened. We stayed dark 10 weeks to make sure that we opened with not only enough beer, but enough time so that if we brewed one that we didn't like transitioning from our home brewing to the larger rig, that we could dump it. Yeah. And not feel bad because we didn't want to be that brewery like it happened prior to our opening. You open with three beers and by two in the afternoon, one or two of them's already gone. Yeah. And yeah. or or God forbid that they weren't good to start with. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you never get that first impression back. So um but anyway, back to your original question. The Colorado everybody here is making some almost everybody here is making some just crazy good beer. Yeah. So the fact that we're that you that you remain alive in this means that mm-hmm. you continue to focus on that. Yeah, I was shocked. Um, went to CBC 
and just and even through this show i guess but i got on into ipas because of pliny right as many of us do yes. being like this is like the best beer ever but now you go to i would say you go to the vast majority of brewers breweries in colorado or in the denver area and their beer is almost just as good as a pliny like i mean right. it really is i mean it, it you have to have your game has to be so good here. It's crazy, and I right. love it. I mean, as a beer drinker, it's fantastic. But I mean, if I were to write a book, one of my one of my heroes would be Vinny. Yeah, on yeah. that deal because not only did he make that was a great beer, but then he personally oversaw its distribution mm -hmm. and its placement, so yeah. that like if you don't follow his rules, like if you sell more than two bottles to one customer, or yeah. you uh, don't move it in yeah. eighteen days or whatever, then you don't get it again. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. And he's run run that scarcity model. Um, I mean, just like right on the razor's edge. And I was I always really like that about him. Plus, I really do like the beer. No, it's a it's a darn good beer for sure. Um, so I guess what's the future of Locavore look like? What are the, what are the plans? Anything you can kind of hint at? Sure. I mean, we've got um, more steel on its way. Okay. So you, right. you started asking a question about. Uh, it's unfiltered because I have no no path. Oh, wow. I just I just wander. Well, here, let yeah. me let me jump. Which one is this, Sean? Okay. So you said you haven't. You're not into the milkshake. I'm sure so I'll like it. Just in case, I, I there's another segment it's 23. In, no, you get to choose which one you want. The I'll probably drink them both. Pineapple shake a shake is pineapple milkshake. shake a shake up. Oh, it's light too. Like it's just fluffy, and I like it. Don't say fluffy. No, no, it's <laughs> like eating a, it's like eating a, uh, a piece of uh, pineapple, pineapple upside down cake. Well, there you go. There that's, you go. That's fluffy. okay. I'll drink it. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Come on, Andy, get wow. in here. No, uh, I got to come back and do version two in eighties. can. Where are you going to Atlanta? Oh, actually, sorry, you no, asked. No, no, it's unfiltered. Where, where are you going to go? Interrupt. Uh, you know, I haven't even thought about think it. what's I'll down there tomorrow. Shit, I was there two summers ago. Did a brewery tour, but I can't remember what was great. But I'm sure you'll find something. Right, this is your job. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's your passion. I went to a place called the Vortex last okay. couple, last month, and they uh, they're not a brewery, but they they buy a lot of local. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that way, I could you know have a couple and exactly. taste a couple different styles. So. Perfect. Uh, sorry, you were saying no, no. It's um in the future. You you asked like uh, earlier, and I don't remember exactly what the question was, but um. When we sit back there and decide what we want to be when we grow up, mm -hmm. that's a hard that's a hard question because yeah. we could brew way less, sell only in the tap room, and just be plenty fine. Yeah, because we don't need this production. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, what when we came up with the concept of Logovore, it was local, mm -hmm. do local ingredients, um, local businesses, and invite the party. To yeah. invite our backyard friend kind of settings when we're brewing a million gallon, well, a million, uh, definitely over the legal limit, but brew, brewing a bunch of beer, having these big parties, gatherings, families, yes. friends, that's what the vision was here. Mm -hmm. So it was like 4th of July is coming up. We call it Freedom Fest. And we'll segue just a little bit, just give you an example, though. We'll have tie-dye T-shirts, mm -hmm. which is I used to do in my backyard. Yep. Um, just super fa no. you know, family-friendly kind of thing. That's easy to do, brewing less beer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We start increasing, you know, the tankage, the barrelage, um, and that now we're starting to provide jobs for people. Yeah, not just you know a couple staff and Andy and myself, right? Because we didn't, we wouldn't need Kyle if we just had our original four seven barrel tanks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's just make it all in here and sell it in here and totally fine. Take more time off, probably. Um, but it's 
it's a, it's a weird kind of a philosophical question. How much is enough, right? No. Where, where, where do you stop? We haven't stopped, but I definitely know we're not going to be, you know, in Beth. I mean, I wouldn't mind selling to them. No, no, I get it. I, get it. I mean, I think uh, as, their, is, as their pilot brew. But, is <laughs> interesting. So big craft beer drinker. I happen to work with. I got introduced to this place by my buddy Eric, who lived down the street, and we came here, you know, a few times in the last eight months. And we're writing this paper on craft beer and the identity that goes into being a craft beer, right? You have what the BA says, then you have what you guys say, right? Then you have what the consumer of craft beer says. And I, I have this philosophy that the, the brewery is becoming, to my demographic, my age, what the local tap was to my dad. You know, like public it, house, public house, right? But you could bring your kids, you could go shoot pool. It wasn't, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm sure people were smoking cigarettes outside or even inside, but it's still like you could bring the family. It wasn't like too kid friendly. You know, you still need your kid to behave if they're going to, you know, chill out and stuff. But still, I think that's what we're seeing now in terms of what we want as beer drinkers is we want this place where we can come with buddies or we can come with our girlfriends and our wives or even our kids and just kind of hang out and drink good beer. Right. And that's and, why the, that's why the, uh, like the packaging distribution side of our growth model yeah. is, you know, more nerve wracking because, I um, I mean, I, I think the future is like, well, we're going into prohibition, something like 4,400 breweries come out of prohibition. There's like 12. Yeah. And then we spend, you know, the next 90 years to get back to what we had going into prohibition. We're past it now. How do you get people to come in here and then be brand advocates? That's the question. I that's that's my own, you know, right. business well, and research question. So if the brand is just the beer, well then you got to make good beer. But for sure. Like Jason says, if the brand is kind of a larger extension of what we used to do at Homebrewers with our good American Beer Fest party, his is Oktoberfest, um, the Freedom Fest, well then you know, it's our regulars uh, who who sustain us, and they say, "Well, yeah, not only do we have great beer, but we have a we have a good time when we go there. It's, it's the cool experience, place to hang out. right? Yeah, it's, it's the, the music, it's the lighting. Yeah. So Andy's wife did all the uh, the paint on the walls. She had the, you know, she had the vision of. I mean, we we talked about what we wanted. Oh, I want it to be comfortable, like a living room, color coordination. Andy and I just kind of peace out, like whatever you want, yeah. you just tell us. Right. Done. And one of the, the biggest compliments we get is people walk in here and it's like, it just feels comfortable. It does. It, it does. feels comfortable. Right. Don't want the music to be uh, loud enough that it's not sterile in mm -hmm. here, but not too loud that you can't talk to somebody. You right. know, all that little stuff for just the experience of hanging out. But, but I mean, I, the future is the expansion. Like, as a part of that growth question, it, it would not do Jason and I any good to go backwards, get a loan. Yeah. No, no. And, you know, get a, 20,000 square foot facility with a 50 barrel brew house and yeah. you know four 1200 barrel fermenters because I mean that, that ship is is sailing if it hasn't already sailed right. Right? right so we can put a bunch into play in the local market but that's like Jason said that's there is revenue in that and not nearly as much as in the retail side mm -hmm. having a tap room mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it is still revenue. We hire more people. You know, that shit's important to us as well, too. So, can you get non beer drinkers to drink craft beer? You think, or does it take? I'm, I'm very like again. This is a philosophical question for me that I'm trying to answer. I, I, I think with the right beer, and you, like you said, you've been here a few times. 
we come out not on a regular basis, but we have some. So my wife does not drink. Beer. Okay. Okay. I mean, unless you consider New Glarus beer. I do. They like it. I mean, the, the, the Midwest. Cherry, the, cher- the cherry beer. Yeah, right. The Belgian red. So my wife, yeah, the Belgian red. Right. So Andy always brings me a bottle when he's up upstate, up, up, up country. Up there um, in Wisconsin. 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 Um, but we have one called Cherry Berlinski. It's a it's a sour or tart kettle sour, okay. and we put a bunch of Michigan cherries in there, okay. and it's it's like a party in your mouth. Okay. Now you take a wine drinker, you give them that beer. My yeah. wife will drink the crap out of that, and you know it's a nice three point seven four percent super light on the yeah. ABV. And it's, you know, it's doable. It's doable for people who are not used to drinking something that's a part in your mouth. Right, right. Can you get a, a lager drinker to this, you think? I mean, obviously, it's happening. Well, we can get lager drinkers because we got one. And when we say lager, of course, we're being very generic saying American okay. lager. Yes, exactly. We're not talking we have all about kinds. Yeah, yeah. I know. But we do have an American lager on year-round. Okay. And so when we had the cut, and this was actually um, an idea of Andy. So I had I had the recipe, but... Andy was adamant about keeping it on tap when we opened. And we'd kind of throw it around like, oh, throwing around, you know, I don't know, how, how we price it, all that. Right. But we actually get a lot of customers coming in, meeting a friend. They say, you know, I'm not really a beer drinker. What do you have that's light? Have you heard of Coors? Because we have one with flavor. Yeah. That's. And, uh, they drank it and they're like, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. That's the. Uh, yeah. So t- transitioning. Um, old school mainstream beer drinkers into craft beer is pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it. Yeah, I mean, it's just we have Loggerhead, we have Sugar Magnolia, which is a vit. Yeah, I mean, uh, these are beers that people are like. Oh, wow, that's really good. Yeah. I grew up in Iowa. My parents still live in Iowa City, and I remember, you know, my dad grew up drinking Bush Light. Came out here about three summers ago, and he had a just a fucking box full of Toppling Goliath. I said, what the hell happened? He's like, a box I, of what? Toppling Goliath. Brewery, I mean, everything. Yes. I said, what happened? He said, well, I found good beer. Like, this is, and he won't drink shit beer anymore. He just doesn't. Just everything is now craft. It's crazy. And if he wants a lager, there's enough people who make a good lager that tastes, right? That right. Taste. So, it, you know, it's a transition of the, of the taste buds. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I say when, I, when we leave here and we go somewhere else, yeah, the beer's good, but we're conditioned to a certain flavor. Yeah. Just like you get conditioned to, if, yeah. like, I lived in the Keys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was no Miller products, it was only Budweiser. Okay. Okay. But I used to drink Miller. Yeah. So it was a transition, in, you know, so it's a time thing. So you introduce them. You have a segue. Mm-hmm. Our segue is, as, as Andy said, is Sugar Magnolia okay. and Loggerhead. Is that named after the Grateful Dead song? Um, are you a lawyer? No. No, 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 no. They wouldn't care. The dead wouldn't care. That's the point. <laughs> yes. They would never yeah, care. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. What about Friend of the Devil? Is that one? Perhaps. Yeah. yeah. What That's about the Red whole point, Bar-Chan? right? Like... What about Red Bull? What about Ripple? <laughs> wow. I am, might have a few, I am amongst my kin here. This is fantastic. So our, our newest one, though. So I will I will do a quick a quick shout out. Yeah. We, we got a, a buddy opening up a brewery pretty pretty soon over yonder. Okay. And so we just did a little collaboration to help him out because we we're talking about opening up with enough beer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what's... When we opened up, we I think we hit the sweet spot of rentable space. Okay. Yeah. Pot gets legalized. There's no rentable space. Yeah. Everything's thirty dollars a square foot. Yeah. 
he's stuck in that crowd, running out of money. And so we did collaboration, gnaw on the pulp, suck on the juice. Uh, little fish reference. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Little grapefruit IPAs. Wow. You know. Um, Throwback to college. Man. I don't remember that I think album. If you, if you kind of study, if you study our, I'm just segueing now because I've had two beers. Um, but if you study some of our naming conventions, it's it's all tongue in cheek. Oh, yeah. That's, that's just kind of like the way we are. You know, we like to roll with some fun stuff. You guys are killing Sister it. Sister Christian. <laughs> All right, I got to wrap Man. it up. I got to pick my kids up from All gymnastics. Right. So thank you both for this. People, get down here. Um, I swear. What, what's the busiest day? Usually just weekends? Or Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday. Saturday. Sunday's pretty hopping. Okay. All right. You get a lot of people down here just to work? Seems like I see a lot. I see a lot of computers. That's why. Yeah. Like afternoon, a lot, like a afternoon lot of, drinkers. A lot of and, workers. Yeah. Well, it's. I swear it's it's better than a coffee shop, right? And it's not as loud as a bar, so why not come Free to a Wi-Fi? And, yeah, yeah, for and sure. Good beer. Yeah, I mean, and good is, beer. Do you have to pay for Wi-Fi anymore? I don't even know. People uh, want the security of it. I've realized talking to the guys at Declaration, they have they have their own uh, uh, Wi-Fi channel just for the sales reps, whoever their distributor is, because it's closest to like their office. They come in there, they give them the password because they need to have all that data secure, and so people want that. Cause they, we never know. A lot of fucking smart people out there trying to steal information. Anyhow, uh, let's end this on a high note. Thank you, Andy and Jason. Really appreciate it, guys. Fly safe tonight. Yeah, All right. Thanks. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. That. Take care. Cheers. Chug a lug, chug a lug. Make you want to holler. Holly ho. Burns your tummy, don't you know?